Hello, and welcome to episode nine of this, the second series of the Haiku P podcast. I'm Patricia, your host, and today I have a full podcast for you. First, I'd like to address a question that Craig Kidner asked me after he listened to episode seven, you know, the one about ego. Then there's a book review of Dewdrops, created by two of our regular contributors, Su Wei Hli and Roger Watson. I'll update you on the Renku, and finally, I'd like to read you a small selection of verses from Patrick Stevens. But first, congrats to Richard Bailey for being published in the Haiku Journal and Poetry Soup. And this is his from the Haiku Journal. Cloudless winter sky, shimmering sun points on snow, sculpted rabbit tracks. And to Joan Barrett for her ekphrestic one-liner in Under the Basho. Door needs no tree to be towards the river. Congrats too to the many of you who have featured in this month's failed haiku. Carla Ramish did a great job as guest editor, I think. And to those of you who featured in Craig Kidner's ongoing haiku at hand on the Haiku Foundation. All the links are on the show notes for you to have a read at your leisure. Now to Craig's question. It's a question that I've been mulling over for some time and was absolutely on the fence about. He asked, Do you feel that we should confine ourselves to natural subjects, and if so, where do you draw the line between the natural and the man-made? Now, just like in episode 7, what follows is my current thinking, my opinion, and there's a little call to action at the end. I'm interested to hear what you think. Disagree? Agree? Just tell me. So in answering Craig... I wanted to cry out, yes, 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 in writing haiku, we should be concerning ourselves with nature, and only nature. Why? Because selfishly, it's something I enjoy. But my argument went that, traditionally, this is what haiku was about. But then I started to think about, why was this the case? Now, as we know, haiku are derived from hoku, the first verse of a renku. To give this an historical context, we're thinking of a time period roughly before the death of Shiki, so before 1902. A hoku would normally have a seasonal reference and a connection with nature, even a connection between nature and humankind. But other verses in the Renku roamed free and wild and could tackle non-nature topics. I'll give you an example which I took from the Penguin Book of Haiku. An extreme grudge followed by disgrace, the letter snatched out of his wife's hands from her mother. Why was this connection to nature in Hoku continued when the haiku became a standalone verse? Quite possibly this was because the population of Japan was still primarily rural. By the time Shiki died, the urban population of Japan had just surpassed one in ten so necessarily nature was a major part of life in Japan. Things changed though. Urban populations grew. Haiku was introduced to the West. And from now on, I'm really going to talk about English language haiku. Seamus Heaney said, It's often through contact with foreign culture that the new possibilities suggest themselves. These new possibilities suggested themselves to Western poets who started to write what they understood to be haiku. Haiku in English, the first hundred years, 
cites Ezra Pound as the poet who first fully realised haiku in English with his work of 1913, In a Station of the Metro, which went like this. The apparition of these faces in the crowd, petals on a wet, black bough. Would Shiki Busson et al. recognise this as haiku? Who knows? But perhaps as innovators of the genre themselves, they would appreciate that hoku, or haiku, would evolve. Kerouac said, The American haiku is not exactly the Japanese haiku, and for the purposes of today, let's change that to English language haiku is not exactly the Japanese haiku. So where are we with the English language haiku for the purpose of today's chat? So far, it's changed culture, it's been written in a more urban society, and the form is an approximate of the Japanese haiku. Now I'd like to think about nature itself. The Cambridge Dictionary definition of nature is all the animals, plants, rocks, etc. in the world and all the features, forces and processes that happen or exist independently of people, such as the weather, the sea, mountains. But I might suggest that this is somewhat simplistic. Nature is affected by man across the globe. I don't think you can take man out of the nature equation. In our world, the number of instances of nature that exists independently of people are declining, if not extinct. To give you a couple of examples, our mountains, well, certainly mine, are affected by tourism. Hiking and skiing both leave their mark. And don't get me started on fracking. Seas, rivers and lakes have been polluted and cleaned by man. Some animals have been domesticated and their habitats have definitely been changed by man. Plants and animals can be manipulated for man's needs and enjoyment. And I could go on forever. But if we acknowledge that man plays a role in nature, a central role, then I think we can make the next step and feel comfortable that we can write about other topics in which man has a role. So my conclusion would be that as much as my heart doesn't like it, my head dictates that as the world has changed, so too should haiku evolve and embrace subjects other than nature. There doesn't need to be a line drawn between nature and the man-made, as nature has become a man-manipulated thing. However, this is not a blanket permission to go off and write what we like. If we write about other topics, then should we not decide what the essence of haiku is? We all love the art of haiku. That's why I do this, and you listen, and I know it's what you feel because you feed it back to me. As lovers of this wonderful genre, should we not encourage experimentation, but within some sort of framework, to say to ourselves and others who join us, write haiku, but you should aim for this. And here's my call for help. What is the essence of haiku? To kick off the discussion, let me give you some examples of non-nature haiku. This by Fei Ayagi. I'm not sure of the pronunciation, but it's written in the show notes. Thanksgiving dinner. None of us on this side are parents. Robert Spies. 
Intensive care. Dials fallen back to zero. Yu Chang. Bearing down on a borrowed pen. Do not resuscitate. And to counter that, some nature haiku. Paul O. Williams. Gone from the woods, the bird I knew by song alone. Gary Hotham. Clouds move in under the clouds moving out. Vincent Trippi. Finally it disappears, the cloud that fell behind. And Robert Bauer. Chill wind. The heart of an oak leaves the chimney. Do you recognise that both sets of offerings are haiku? And if so, what do they have in common? I'd suggest they have an aha moment, they have a sense of the poet being there and observing, they have a lovely simplicity, a lack of ego, and no saccharine sentimentality. I think that these things are more important than the topic on which we write. But let's talk. Tell me what you think. Send me an email via the website and we can catch up on this topic in another podcast. Now you may have noticed that Su Wei Li and Roger Watson have been a little quiet recently. Well, they've been busy putting their new book, Dewdrops, together and it's now available on Amazon, link in the show notes. I was very lucky to be sent a copy to read and review. Thanks, Roger and Su Wei. Those of you who have been following the podcast for a while will know how much I enjoy their work. Both poets play with words in ways that make me think and often make me laugh and smile. Many times, Roger writes verses with a haiku or senryu that I immediately identify with. We have a common cultural heritage, but I don't think this commonality is important for you to enjoy his work. It was a hard choice, but at the moment, this is my favourite of Roger's. Peeing in the snow, not quite my full name. And one of the reasons I enjoy reading Su Wei's work is that often it opens a door into another culture, but it also shows that wherever you come from in the world, there is a universality. This verse will illustrate what I mean. At the dentist, I grind my teeth tight for a jab. One of the joys of reading books of Haiku and Senryu is that you can dip in and out of them any time and frequently you read a verse and find something you've missed. And I'll definitely continue to dip in and out of this collection. If you'd like to buy a copy, the link's going to be on the show notes. Just wanted to let you know I don't profit from any of the sales. Now to the Renku. I have to say it's speeding along. I'm constantly amazed at the wonderful verses that you're contributing to it. It's fun to read verses from around the world and take leaps to different places and ideas with you. I'm going to just read it to you. I won't tell you which author did which verse, but my thanks at the moment go to Giddy Nielsen Sweep, Robert Horobin, 
M. Shane Pruitt, Richard Bailey, Joan Barrett, Ricky Rivers Jr., Veronica Hoskin and Andy Sire. You can read it too, complete with the authors, on the website under the Renku tab. So far, it's just called Renku 1. Cold sun, ageing reflections on orange snowflake. The world turns, a half-frozen ball. Over the hill, now I look forward to the sunset. In the valley, footprints in the dew. Water lilies floating among the stars, twin moons. A sedentary cat stirs the darkness. Outside the window, a bird sings to itself, catnap. Silent dawn, eagle soars overhead. Cumulonimbus dominate the afternoon sky, Thor's warriors. Spotted mare snickering, the hiss of rain on warm stone. Human hordes riding white horses, Neptune's rage. Galloping calamity, a hard misty place called home. Thick fog, on the yellow brick road, the lion cries. Coyotes howl under the moonlight. Autumn dusk, feral dogs sight the hare. Sudden dust cloud thwarts the predator's ambitions. Sober atmosphere, finding perspective in the lilies. Just five more verses to go until it's finished. I'm really looking forward to its completion and to sharing it with you in full. But don't forget, there's still time to join in. Email me and I'll allocate a verse to you. This week, I wanted to read you a few haiku from Patrick Stevens. Patrick's an American living in France on a canal boat. He regularly sends me haiku to read, which don't fall into the monthly topics, so I thought it would be delightful to give you a small selection of some of the haiku you haven't had the opportunity to listen to. Here goes. The crows mock us all. They ponder great ideas while we build straw men. The lobster yearly leaves its old hard shell behind. Time to grow anew. Glittering circus. All bright stars and sleight of hand, just smoke and longing. I hope you enjoyed listening to Patrick's work as much as I enjoyed reading them. Thanks, Patrick. And so I come to a close for today. Don't forget, if you have thoughts on the essence of haiku, please email me. And if you want to be allocated a verse in the Renku, just tell me. Next time, it's a special podcast on the topic of weeds. I've got some cracking work to read to you, but if you've not submitted yet, you have until the 13th of May. After that, it's time to think about erotic haiku. Thank you so much for listening today, and thank you to everyone who helped me put the podcast together, to Craig, to Patrick, Roger, Suwei, and of course my Renku poets. I hope you'll be back next time to hear some more haiku and senryu from the Haiku Peak community. Until then, take care, and keep writing. And remember, all links will be up on the website poetryp.com in a couple of days. Just let me know if something is missing.
And now I'd like to turn to Roger and Suwai to finish the podcast. Ciao. Morning River. The sun rises and swans grow heads. Chimes of Cathedral. I read the words of silent beggars. For a day, dear mayflies, may I ask what is life? Earthquake over, blooming between the mess, a cherry blossom. The fall turning into yellow. Silent sacrifices. Cherry blossom shower, the pigeon changing trees. Coffee breath, the girl to my right speaks to the one on my left. At the junction, only my mood changes, broken lights. <laughs>